When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Melbourne gave the football world a timely reminder of their power last night, getting their premiership defence back on track. And coming up, we'll hear from our AFL Nation experts and both coaches as we reflect on Friday night football and the D's 46-point win over Fremantle. To Petrarca, he kicked long instead. Pickett! What a kick. Pickett eyes off the goals, comes in, settles. It's a little right, but it's... Middle enough. Neil Bullen couldn't quite hang on. Up to meet it, Fritch. Brushed his way clear. Snapped a goal. Crafty stuff from Bailey Fritch. Spinning through Spargo. Got enough on the kick. And squeezed out. A snap off the outside of the right boot for a third. Hibbert Devine, loose hand pass. Hibbert got down over the footy. Took the knees of Frederick. And it will be his kick at right full forward. Frederick close in. Dockers get there first. Dockers do threaten to a one-on-one. Frederick Tabernard didn't take the mark. Frederick got a piece of it. Walters underneath. Zooms in and kicks the goal and ignites the crowd. Fritz didn't mark, but he's first to his feet. He gets away from Ryan. Got the angles right. He almost couldn't miss from the top of the square. It's off to Hunt, who drives towards full forward. It got out the back. And Jordan off the left boot. Popped it through. Got plenty of time here. As a docker to the crowd. Tell them what they think. I can't say much for that, though. He answers with his boot and kicks Melbourne's sixth goal. Ed Langdon would have enjoyed that. Fluky ball picked up and handballed. Melksham's way, who curls through another. And there is no answers for the Dockers at the moment. It's field domination to Walters, who came a second time. Gathered by Collier. Hand pass to Walters. This just has to be a goal. And it is. The bounce was true enough. So straight back inside to full forward. Lever flies, loads a chance at the back, and he sneaks it through for a goal. Fremantle get the first major of the second half. Kicks Melbourne inside 50 and right under the chest of Fritsch. Bailey Fritsch from near the boundary. Let's fly. Good line off the boots. That's the way to ruffle an opponent. Hand pass. Spargo. He can get it from there. It's going to just drop perilously short. And Wiedemann enters the fray. Takes the mark in the goal square. In fact, he took it out of the goal square. So the umpire's going to make him go back and have the shot. And given that's his first possession of the night, he'll actually just stay with it to make sure that he puts it through. Which he does. So he finally has a moment. So Spargo, does he duck around on the left? It looks like that's what he's shaping up to do. So just about to put it beyond the Dockers. Superbly executed. This has been quite a statement from the Ds. Spargo kicks his second. Darcy hacks it further forward. There's a bit of luck on their side, and they get it. Frederick takes the tumbler in front of goal, or relatively. The angle to be opened up should favour his right boot here. And it does. Curls it through. Frio's fifth goal, Frederick's second, backing back, taking the mark, 
and it's going to be a cruisy goal. Melcham marked and Pickett received and strolled in for his second. Petrarca works it on. Fritsch lays it up to Pickett and he marks against the behind post. Around he goes because he's got his third. Congratulating and celebrating each other. They had a convincing win. A win that will be watched by all in AFL football on a Friday night. They have demolished the Dockers in the wet. And their claims to be at least equal premiership favourites are made on a damp Friday night in Perth. The scene of last year's premiership glory. It's a It was a most convincing win last night, a 46-point victory, in fact, 12-13-85 to Fremantle, 5-9-39. Right back at the start of the game, the theatre-goers got the drama they wanted at the opening bounce, with Melbourne giving Luke Jackson the opening bounce against his potential future ruck cohort, Sean Darcy. And the other twist was the newly re-signed Angus Brayshaw lining up in the midfield in the absence of James Harms. But the biggest difference was... Was clear to see early as Melbourne and their players intensity and pressure returned to the levels of last year as they won the early territory game with Viney's toughness and Petrarca's contested ability visible immediately and Spargo and Neil Bullen were pivotal up forward with their pressure and clever ball use. The rain made converting their opportunities difficult but eventually the rewards flowed and the forward turnover game from Melbourne turned into three unanswered goals. Fritsch and Pickett, the most dangerous forwards. In fact, it was 21 to nil before the Dockers were able to turn the tide of momentum at all. Ace was doing a good job on Oliver in the middle, as he had earlier in the year when the Dockers beat the Ds. But it was only when they got some pace on the game with Walker and Frederick that they started to look dangerous and finally hit the scoreboard through Walters and Frederick. But a late second goal for Fritsch meant Melbourne had a 13-point lead at quarter time. Darcy looked the better ruckman, and he upset Petrarca with glancing contact to the back, which didn't appear significant, but the D's star certainly was upset and remonstrated strongly. Viney's influence continued, though it got even greater, in fact, in the second term. And a brilliant spin played a big part in a coast-to-coast goal. And then Gorn found Langdon for another, and the game was slipping away from the Dockers. They did manage to scrap back into the contest, but they couldn't find a solution to moving the ball. When they moved it slow, it was eventually long to a contest, and Melbourne's brick wall. When they moved it quick, they looked more dangerous, but either a skill error or the Ds intercepted thwarted their plans time and time again. Logue playing defensively on May looked their most threatening forward, with Tabernar having no influence, and Walters getting a couple of goals in the first half, but looking way off his best. At halftime, it was 28 points, the difference with the Ds plus seven in the contest, and Fremantle 39 uncontested possessions up, but with little benefit to show. Viney was superb, while Brody had a lot of the ball, and Ace continued to do a great job on Oliver, keeping him to 12 first-half possessions. If Freo were to make its move, it had to be at the start of the third term, and they got the game into some sort of contest. A low goal gave them a sniff, but it was the last shot fired really in anger by Freo. They couldn't resolve any of their issues with ball movement from the first half. Fritsch kicked a third, and even Wiedemann, who hadn't been a factor, was able to mark and goal, and it looked like the Dockers were in for a 3-0 
thrashing. Now, that didn't quite eventuate because of the conditions, but the game was well and truly over, and the final margin was 46 points. So let's hear from our AFL Nation experts, Jared Healy and Nathan Jones, as they reflect on a terrific win for the Ds on Friday Night Football. Really impressive performance by Melbourne. They uh, needed it. They've got to make their run, and they've got to make their charge. They've got to settle the side down and how they're going to play. But uh, it started uh, with Jack Viney. Jack Viney uh, was uh, one of the most uh, influential players on the ground early. They've had a big week. They've had a big couple of weeks and a big couple of months in reality looking for their form. They had a big win against Brisbane a few weeks ago. Then they've fallen away again. And this was the, the game they absolutely needed uh, to get themselves back and firing as they head to the final month of football and uh, it's a great way to start for the Dockers Jonesy it's a really disappointing effort in many ways they I had great hope for the Dockers uh, midway through the season thought they were in premiership contention but a lot's going to change uh, if they had to even really make a mark on the finals campaign because they have lost their way yeah certainly I think it's uh they're not the they're not even half the team that we saw in the first what month or two of the season and uh some of the real key foundations that they're going to need to compete at the business end of this of the year have really dropped away. Melbourne gave them a real lesson in the contest and really gave them a lesson defensively. They were, they punished them around the ball. They were stronger and bigger and tougher at clearance yep. and they just didn't give them a mi- an inch on offense. And, um, you know, they, there's, they've still got some signs of... Of you know, I guess their ability to be able to defend the ground, but they're not getting anything on offense. They're not they're not stressing the opposition at all with the way they move the footy. And well, they're not dangerous enough. They go backwards way too. Yeah, often. they play a really sort of stale and boring brand of footy, really, where they're just trying to sort of probe their way through or go sideways, as you mentioned, rather than take the game to them. And if you're going to beat a team like Melbourne that relies on the contest and tries to keep you up and down the ground. You've got to go at them at their strength and then when an opportunity presents, take them on. Be bold enough and brave enough to go at them and and at them with speed. And when they did do that early in the game, they looked promising, yep. but Melbourne squeezed the life out of them and uh, and in the end we're a far, far better team on the night. I reckon the stop is they so often go backwards and they go handball, handball, handball sideways. When you see them at their best, it's coming out of the back line. They go forward with their handball. They go forward with their kicks. And that's when they look a dangerous side. And that's when their forward line can operate. But um, now they're too easily knocked off their uh, game. And Melbourne has given them a nice old uh, lesson and something for Justin Longmuir and that whole group to uh, have a good think about over the next uh, five days and see if they can find uh, a semblance of winning form between now and the end of the year. Because it's uh, it's... You had last week, onto this week, and uh, they're going just average at the present time. Well, Jack Viney was the stat star of the night. 33 disposals, six tackles and nine score involvements. Petrarca had 30 and an extra score involvement, while Angus Brayshaw thrived as a mid with 30 touches. Pickett and Fritch ending up with three goals. So let's hear from Simon Goodwin. Yeah, look, it's uh, it's obviously important for us to play the way we did tonight. You know, I thought defensively from last week to this week it was completely different. You know, we were ruthless around how we wanted to defend. Uh, we were really strong in the contest and you know, that's how we build our footy club and our, how we build our game. And I thought tonight was the urgency and the intensity that we needed as a footy club and it was it was on show tonight. Was it the, the best you felt you've played since that 10-game winning streak earlier in the season? Oh, yeah, in some ways. I, I think there was a, a real urgency about the way we played tonight. You know, we've won four out of the last six. 
Um, so we feel like our game's been trending in the right direction. And certainly last week was nowhere near the level that we, we want to play at. But I thought tonight, you know, that's the that's the style of footy we want to play more consistently. And, uh, you know, we knew it was time to start to really build. And, and it is time. And uh, as a footy club, we know, we know what it's going to take. And it's going to take an effort like we saw tonight more often, more consistently. And uh, there's a bit of a ruthless edge about us tonight. Good defensively as you've been, if not this year for a, for a long time, not just your back six, but midfield and that back six? Yeah, I think it was right back to where we expected to be. You know, I think we're second in the comp for push your back six, but midfield and that back six? Yeah, I think it was right back to where we expected to be. You know, I think we're second in the comp for points against. So we've been pretty strong defensively for most of the year. But tonight was to another level. Um, it was all over the ground. It was in the front half of the ground. It was in the back half. And I thought our desperation to defend and win contests was back to its really highest level. And the level that you need to win big games. And we knew the opposition that we were playing against, the quality. We saw it early in the year when they beat us at the MCG. And um, I thought our boys rose to the occasion tonight. We saw Luke Jackson limp off late, and, and he also looked puppy at times in the second half. What, what can you tell us there? Oh, he just had a little knock late in the game. Um, he got checked by the docs, and he's all clear. So um, there's nothing wrong with him. He'll be fine. He'll be ready to go next week. And I thought he performed really strongly. You know, we put him in the ruck, first ruck tonight, enabled Max to play a little bit more forward at times. And I thought between the two of them, they did a magnificent job both aerially in the ruck, but also ahead of the footy for us. So um, Luke was a, a big player for us tonight. What was it, a knock to the knee? And, and do you expect just within a few days we'll be totally fine? Or? No, it was a knock to his head. Oh, so, okay. yeah. There was something with his leg, though, as well. A little bit of difference there. Yeah. But, uh, no, it was a slight knock to his head. Um, he got checked by the docs. He's passed his, his scat test, as they do with the doctors, and, you know, he'll be fine. He, he was kind of almost limping at one point as well. It was just kind of favouring one of the legs. Yeah, I think that's fine. Okay. It's all good. Did you get your unscathed? Yeah, we did. Yeah, so I think you know Salem had a bit of a, a cut to his to his face, but outside of that, we've, we've come through unscathed. You know, that was our second six-day break in a row, so it's a pretty big toll with some travel. Um, so the players did a great job, but the, you know they'll need a bit of a rest and, and reset themselves for, for Collingwood next week. Was there much feedback on the turf? It was obviously relayed a lot this week, but didn't see too many people slip over. Oh, it's a, it's generally a slippery surface, without question. You know, at the start of the game, it looked magnificent, and by the end of the game, it was very boggy especially at this side of the ground. Um, so um, clearly they're doing some work to it to get it up to the level that it needs to be. But um, it was a wet night. It's slippery. Optus seems to always be slippery and we're prepared our players accordingly. So the D's joining Geelong on 56 points and only 4% behind with the Cats, of course, to play tonight against the Western Bulldogs. And if they were to lose by a significant margin, the D's could jump into top spot. For the Dockers, they were very disappointing. Brody, Mundy, Andrew Brayshaw and Aish all tried hard while Darcy in the ruck toiled away, although Gorn had more influence in the second half. So let's get the response from their coach, Justin Longmuir. Guys, uh, contest... Clearly their contest method was better than ours. They were cleaner, got the basics right, <clears throat> and um, they worked harder for contest to contest. Um, that's the main point. And when you say contest method and cleaner, was the rain part of that? I don't think so. No. No, they just they were cleaner on the inside and they got to the outside. Um, yeah, early in each quarter they dominated field position. I mean, to some degree we were able to break even as the quarters went on, but damage was done. Yeah, so 
<clears throat> we need we need to get to work. Um, we're not as consistent with our roles as we were early in the season. Um, some players have dropped their form, and our contest isn't as as even as it was um, early in the year. So, <clears throat> yeah, we've got some work to do. Did that bring an intensity to the game, Justin, that you weren't able to match? Uh, possibly, possibly. Yeah, I know. I know it would have looked like that. Um, but yeah, I just think they they brought a stronger method as well. And um, yeah, when we were able to when we won our contests, our know, handballs didn't take us anywhere. <clears throat> and when they won their contests, they yeah they got on the outside of us way too easily. So um, yeah, like, like I said, we've got some work to do. I guess a lot of the fans are thinking now, all right, there's, there is actually a bit of a gap between us and the best teams in the comp, just from a coach's perspective. What, what do you think now? Oh, I can understand why they think that now. Yeah, well, we're a disappointing night. We aren't in we aren't in the form we'd like to be in. Um, you know, we aren't in the form we were in early in the season. Uh, so I can understand why you'd say that. And, and from your perspective, do you think that gap can be bridged this this year, or do you? Yeah, think I can. That? Yeah, I do. Oh, like I do. Yep. Yep. But we better we better be quick about it. Um, you know, we need to be more consistent in games. We need to have more players executing their role, and we need to be more consistent across the board in the contest. We just we're relying on too on too few at the moment. What you looked at your, your best when your quicker players got the footy in and tried to take a few risks. Did you? Try and get the players to do that a little bit more. The later the game went on, <clears throat> um, <laughs> not really. No, no. It was probably last quarter when it was raining at three quarter time. We just wanted to close it down a little bit and practice a few wet weather things that we've been talking about, but haven't had the opportunity to practice. So in yeah, early in the game when you know walks got it a few times off half back, and um, but we're just relying on those plays. We're not relying on our method as much as we should be. And we're just caught in between whether we should go fast or slow at times. And it's just, it just was really unpredictable to us, to, to each other tonight. Um, yeah, so we need to get back to being on the same page, especially with our ball movement. Matt Hutton has been out of form for a while now. What do you do about that? Just keep working with him. Yep. So uh, we need to get him up and going. He's not on his own, though. So, yeah, we've just got a few guys across the board that are down on their form and haven't, you know, recaptured or recaptured the form they were in early in the season. So, um, now we've been having some good performances at Peel as well. So, they play tomorrow. We need to have a good look at that. And, um, yeah, we need, we need to get a more even balance across the board. With Tabs in particular, he's had injuries along the way that have hurt. Would he benefit from maybe a run in the seconds or, or something like we'll that? Have to, we'll have to weigh that up. Yeah, we'll weigh that up. Um, yeah, we, we need to get tabs going. So whatever's best for him, we'll, we'll look at. There's a disappointed Justin Longmuir. The Dockers' method and lack of forward substance is a real worry. They're in fifth place on 50 points, but could be passed by Sydney and Carlton before the weekend is out. The only concern for Melbourne, really, and the Medicos were quite busy through the night, was Luke Jackson, who ended up in the rooms with a knee injury, but was moving freely enough. All in all, though, it was a fantastic night for the Dees, who defeated the Dockers by 46 points. Don't forget to tune in to Crunch Time for all the analysis, and then follow all the action on AFL Nation across 
across the weekend. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.